Yeah, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, and we just pray that you will have your way in us, and as we come before you, Lord, I pray that um, you will speak to us through your word, through the scriptures, that you will open our eyes to your revelation, to who you are. Lord, we pray that you speak to us now, and we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Do be seated. <clears throat> Okay, I was thinking we could play a game, okay, we're going to play a game, we can play one game, okay, you ready for this, one game, the game is called What Am I, okay, What Am I, now here it goes, Martin Luther called it the little Bible, Athanasius called it the mirror of the soul, and John Calvin called it the anatomy of the soul. What am I? <laughs> what am I? I'm just ask, throw some hands, let me see. What am I? Yeah, Debbie. Uh, nope. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, what am I? An I? No, no, not an I. Okay. I'll give you a clue, okay? All right? No, no cheating, okay? It, I'm found between Job and Proverbs. What am I? There we go. The Psalms, there you go, that's who I am. I'm the Psalms, that's it. Martin Luther called the Psalms the little Bible. Uh, Athanasius, the mirror of the soul, and John Calvin called it the anatomy of the soul. And the reason why these three amazing um, lovers of the word called it those things is because in it, they believe you could find almost everything you need to know about God. The Psalms is this rich source of knowledge a rich source of wisdom, a rich source of, of, of it's this helpful resource. And in it, it's like a prayer book. You can pray the Psalms. You, um, you can sing the Psalms. The vast majority of our worship songs are found in the Psalms. If you come to morning prayer and you read a Psalm, you go, I know that song. I, I, I sung it. So the vast majority of hymns and, and contemporary worship is found in the Psalms. And the Psalms tell us a great deal about who God is. They tell us a great deal about the nature of God. And so no one of these three, Martin, uh, Luther, Athanasius, and Calvin, loved the Psalms. And it's a great practice to do to read the Psalms in our own devotional, in our own times as well. So Mike started talking about the Psalms last week. I think it was Psalm 1 you preached on, Mike, last week. Um, and, and I'll tell you a minute where we're going this week. Um, but just for your own information, when you read the Psalms, the Psalms are not just one collection of books. The Psalms are a variety of writings. The Psalms are, are composed of a multitude of categories. The Psalms are eclectic, if you will. They, they have different, different feels. They teach us different things. And actually, the Psalms are, uh, have a variety of categories. And sometimes, these categories they have slight overlaps. They have slight variations. Um, biblical scholar Herman Gonkel created a system whereby you could... Um, put the Psalms into specific categories. It's not perfect, but it's something that works and allows us to better understand the Psalms when you read, when you read them. Okay, so what kind of Psalms are there? They are what you call Psalms of praise. Um, psalms of praise are Psalms that declare the goodness of God, Psalms that praise who God is. They are all about uh, 
outward expression of God, psalms who praise God. So when you read a psalm, for example, tomorrow um, or today when you go home and you see this kind of praisefulness in a psalm, you can go, ah, oh, yeah, that's a psalm of praise. You can start to pick up what they are. You have psalm, that's like a psalm 8 is a psalm of praise, for example. You have things like psalms of lament or psalms of complaints. Next week we're looking at what they are. But those psalms that are full of sadness, full of tears, and full of uh, sorrowness. These are psalms of lament where you hear uh, the psalm's heart, psalmist's heart crying out to God for injustice, for the pain or suffering. When you read them, you can go, oh man, this is a psalm of lament. I understand that there is lament, there's weeping, there's sadness going on behind it. But right at the end of the psalms of lament, normally there's always joyfulness right at the end because the psalmist turns his eyes away from himself to God and there he finds joy. You have what you call royal psalms, Davidic psalms, psalms of kingdom, psalms of, of royalness, looking at God's royal kingdom, royal priesthood, and psalms that kind of point towards Christ. You have psalms of wisdom. You have psalms of, that are called imprecatory psalms, psalms that call out to God for help. And so psalms are not just one category, but there are so many different uh, categories of psalms. I find it really helpful to study this at Bible college, that when you read a psalms, it's not just one thing. But you can sit and you go, okay, so the psalmist was really thinking about what they were trying to put in words. So hopefully that will help you when you read your own psalms and you can go, okay, that's a praise, that's a, that's a kingdom one, that's a royal psalm, and you can start to better see what they are. Okay, that's it. Bible lesson finished now. We can go to the scriptures. Um, if you have your Bible, if you've got your pew Bibles, why don't you turn to page 615 with me? And we're going to jump in into Psalm 115. So if you've got your Bibles, let's open it up and do some reading together. That's page 615. We're looking at Psalm 115. I'm just going to read through it all. It's not a lot. It's um, 18 verses. Okay, so Psalm 115. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But the idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, nose but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. They have feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who have made them will be like them. And so we all who trust in them, all you Israelites, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the human race. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, but those who go down in the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go, I, I love the psalm, and this is a psalm of praise. So 115 is a psalm of praise. Um, and this one, a little bit more of a 
lesson, it falls under a, a category of psalms called the Hallel Psalms that you find from Psalm 113 to 118. And those Hallel Psalms were psalms that were sung by the Jewish people when they were celebrating the Passover meal. So if you look in ancient Israel during the Passover, they would sing the psalms found between 113 to 118. And actually, if you pay attention to the scriptures, when Jesus was having uh, the Last Supper with his friends, at Matthew 26, verse 30, he says, after he gave the bread and the wine, they, he sung a hymn. Jesus would have been singing these psalms. So this is some of the songs and psalms that Jesus himself with his friends would have been singing just before his crucifixion. And so we're looking at 115, and we're going to jump straight in, okay? And so let me ask you a question. What do you enjoy? You don't have to answer it, just rhetorical. What do you enjoy? Is it, do you enjoy your money, your comforts? Do you enjoy your spouse, your children, your friends, your family? What do you enjoy in life? And if you enjoy it, do you praise it? Do you compliment it? Do you give thanks for it? Do you compliment the things that you enjoy? Do you give it praise where it's due? The psalmist here writes at the beginning of the psalm, he says in verse 1, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be glory. Already from the beginning, the psalmist removes himself out of the equation. It's not about himself, but the praise is about God. The psalmist removes himself about, it's not about my praise, it's not about what I desire, it's not about who I am, but I have to praise the one who is worthy of my praises, and his name is God. And why? Because of his love and of his faithfulness. I have to praise him because he is worthy of my praise and my faithfulness. And if you look at Jesus, if you look at Jesus, why did he come down? Why did Jesus leave his throne in heaven? Why did he come down to us? Read that before the beginning of time in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That, that, that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave his only son. Jesus came because of his love and his faithfulness for us. Jesus went to the cross and died a sinner's, a, a criminal's death for me and for you because he loves me and you. He rose again three days later, defeating all powers and principalities, the devil, so that me and you could be set free and live with God in eternity. That he arose and ascended and he sent the Holy Spirit down so that we would not be left alone without the helper, without the Spirit of God, because he loves us and is faithful to us. Why? The psalmist points to God first. His praise is about him. It's not about the psalmist, it's not about who he is, but it's about the object of his heart. What is the object of your affection, the object of your adoration? Is God your focus? Is God the one that you desire to, to, to see and praise? Is he the one that matters to most to you? I believe when I read this that the psalmist and this psalm helps us see uh, God for who God truly is. It's a love, God of love and the faithfulness. And when you read the whole of the psalm, you see that a God is a God who is powerful. He walks with us. The psalmist here in this psalm helps us to see who God truly is. Not just as we wish God to be or hope him to be, but as God reveals himself in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you see Jesus, if you've seen Jesus, we know who God is. Because they're not, they're, not, they're not different. In looking at Christ, looking at the work that Christ has done, looking at the scriptures, we know who God is. 
Jesus is, is the physical living embodiment of the Father. We, we see Jesus, we've seen God. Jesus said, when you, if you look at me, you, you know who God is. I don't do anything that God doesn't do. I pray, I speak to God, I do what God's telling me. What you see me do is what God's doing. When you look at Jesus, you see who God is. It's not about us, but it's about keeping our eyes pointed towards who God is. And if you're like me, if you've read the Psalms generally during morning prayer or any other terms, you will see that the Psalms give us a rich description of the nature of God, a really rich description of who God is, of his holiness, of his wisdom, of his love, his tenderness, of his care for us, of his love for us. There is nothing like it. The Psalms is this collection of writings that we should really invest in, that we should really learn to love and read because they tell us so much about who God is. The Psalm helps us to know our place as God's children, that we are his people, that we are his, and he deserves to receive all our praise all our adoration, all that we are. And when you love somebody, when you love someone, I don't know if you're your friend or your, your, your wife, your parents, when you love them and when you enjoy them, when you want to be with them, you, you want to tell them, don't you? you? You want to share. So I'm looking at you, David, right now, but Will, it's your husband, you want to tell him how much you love him, don't you? He's, you know, Will, I love you because, you know, you... You just love him. He's your husband. You want to tell him because it's part of your relationship. You have to tell him how he feels and vice versa. The sense of when we are in relationship, close relationship, we need to uh, express how we feel and actually share that love and that praise to the one that really matters. And it's the reason why you have things like Mother's Day and Father's Day. Because why? Because on those days, we express to our parents how much we love them. Mom, I love you so much. You're great. You make such amazing food, and just, you know, it's great. Honestly, it's fantastic when I get home. No, I'm not going to talk about food. I've done it enough time. Okay. It's about sharing how much you love that person. You want to tell them how much they mean to you, how much they, um, they affect your life, and, and, and how good they are in your life. You want to express what they are to you. But unlike just two days of the year, our expression of love for God shouldn't be <laughs> so sparse. It shouldn't be once in a blue moon. It shouldn't be only on Sundays. Our expression and our love for God should be all the time, every day, every moment we breathe, every second we can do it. And when, and sorry, and when I mean God, I, 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 I want to talk about the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So just so that we're clear, I'm not talking about God the Father, but the triune God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. We're looking at the God in one, so not just one God, but actually, we're looking at Jesus, the Spirit, and God the Father. And so we're talking about expressing how we feel about somebody and how we can prayerfully tell that person we love them. I want to look at the story of Brother Lawrence. Have you ever heard of Brother Lawrence? Some may have the story of Brother Lawrence. So Brother Lawrence was a monk in France in 1611, around that time. And he, um, he was working in the monastery, and he developed a habit of communing with God. He developed a habit of how to be in God's presence. So this brother Lawrence in 1611, um, he was working in the kitchens. He was a cleaner, he was a cook. And one of those passages said, in everything he does, in cleaning the dishes, in cooking the, the food, he would always thank God for all that he's doing. 
I'm picking my dishes. God, thank you that you're here with me now, that you're in my presence, in my thoughts. I'm picking up the hay from the floor. God, thank you that you're here. Brother Lawrence created a habit of praising God with every breath he, he took. Everything he did, God was always in it. He took the time to really inhabit a space of prayerfulness, a, a space of, of encounter with God through giving thanks to God and inviting God into every single aspect of his life. We can do the same in our, in our, in our school, in our homes, in our families, in our work. We can give thanks to God for, you know, that we've got a house or we've got a job or, or thanks to God for that really horrible colleague who gets on my nerve, but Lord, I'm praying I should get saved. Jesus, give me grace. We can pray for that person. <laughs> it happens all the time. We can really give thanks to God for all sorts. And if you, if you follow with me down, if you go um, in verse, from verse 2 onwards, it seems that the writer of, of this psalm is having a conversation with somebody else, or is having a, a back and forth with, with, with other people. And they're almost mocking the Israelites, saying, where is their God? Where is your God, Israel? We've got our little God here on the, God's here on the floor, little things that we've created, our idols. Where's yours? Where's yours, Israel? Look what the psalmist says. It says, our God is in heaven. Our God is the God above all gods. And look what the psalmist says later. It says, our God is in heaven and he does whatever pleases him. Compared to your measly little girls that I've made by human hands, made of gold or stone or wood, whatever. And look what it says. They can't speak. They haven't got any eyes. They can't see. They can't talk. They can't smell. They can't do anything. Your puny little idols are worthless in comparison to the God I worship. Yahweh, the God who resides in heaven, your gods are nothing compared to ours, to my God. And if you look at Jesus, compare this to the idols. Jesus walked, the idols can't walk. Jesus spoke and healing happened, the idols can't heal. Jesus sees, he hears, he, he is able to eat and breathe and commune. And This is the God that we worship compared to the Israelites, this, this little puny idol that they're, they're talking about, there is no comparison. Our God is a great God. Our God is a God who simply deserves our adoration and our praise. This is the God that we worship. I don't know if you've worked with children before, if you have been done youth work or children's work, or um, if you're a parent, parents, you, you will know this really well. Um, but you know when you give praise to a child, when you give praise in school to a child or to, to your own child, um, what I find is that you're generally trying to um, boost their esteem. You're really trying to speak into their lives. You're saying, I'm, I'm speaking into your life because I really believe that you are an amazing person. We're really speaking into their lives. We're, I'm praying for you. I'm praising you because you deserve to be praised, because you are one of God's children. You are his. And so I'm praising you and I'm giving you encouragement because you desire it and deserve it. And on the other hand, when we, we praise kids and children, have you ever been at the receiving end of a child praising you? Children are, are so wild. When they praise you, this is, is so, it's different. Um, and they praise you completely like out there. And sometimes they just praise you because they just want to praise you. But sometimes they praise you because they want something else as well. So uh, kids, they, they are sneaky. I know, I, know, I know kids. And you're laughing, so I'm assuming that you've experienced that before. Um, but let me use my own example of my two children um, to see what I'm talking about. A couple of days ago, last week, I was walking with Savannah to school. 
we're walking home, it was on Tuesday, walking home, we're going to school, sorry, and we're just holding hands, just singing and, you know, talking about stuff, about life and, you know, asking her she is, whatever. And I said to her, you know, Savannah, I love you. She goes, oh, thanks, Daddy, I love you too. I was like, perfect, that's what you want to hear, great, I love you. And then she goes, Daddy, you're pretty as a wallflower. And I'm like, okay, thank you, darling, that's great, I'll take it. And I go, you are like a beautiful rose, Savannah. She goes, thanks, Daddy. And, walk in, and she goes, Daddy, you're like a pink diamond. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, what do I do with that? A pink diamond, that's a compliment. What am I going to do with that one? And so literally five minutes back and forth, just compliments for no reason. And that was it. We were just smiling, just complimenting the way to school. And off she goes, you know, big kids who pray. And off she goes. But there was nothing to it. She just said, Daddy, you're wonderful. Can I have your phone, please? You know, she didn't say, Daddy, you're wonderful. Can I have a snack? Can I have this? There was nothing to it. It was just straight up adoration. Straight up, uh, you're my dad, and I just want to tell you, you're amazing. That was it, straight away. Nothing else. Naya, um, my eldest, we were doing some drawing together. Now, I'm not a very good drawer. I'm not artistic. Now, my wife, Sarah, is the artistic one. And I was just drawing a stick figure, you know, like a head, whatever, little character. She goes, oh, my goodness, daddy, that's so amazing. I'm like... Okay. She goes, you're the best drawer ever. I'm like, yes, I'll take it. And it was just this innocent praise. And I just think, oh, goodness me. Surely that's how we should be praising when we come to God. Just praising complete innocence. And just said, God, you are just amazing. You are so good. You are just, I want to be like a child when I praise you, that you are so, so good to me. Oh, man, God, I don't deserve this, but you sent your son for me when I was a broken sinner. You came and rescued me when I didn't deserve this, just this complete adoration for God, just like a child, saying, God, I'm going to praise you so you can give me something, but God, I just want to praise you because you are worthy of my praise. And if that's not enough, Jesus himself praised the Father. Jesus himself in Luke's gospel was saying, Father, I praise you because of who you are. Jesus in Luke 10, he was praising God the Father. We need to praise, not just on a Sunday, not just on a, when we come to church, but every day of our lives, every moment, we should just give thanks to God because he's just worthy of our praise. And if, if that's not enough, think about your own life. Think about where you were to where you are now and to where you're going. My mom says this, says Nick, to know where you're going, you need to know where you've been. And I go, yes, ma'am, I believe that. And so I can track back and look at my life and go, oh, man, thank goodness God came and rescued me from that despair where I am today and where I'm going now. And I just give thanks to God. We have to just be in a place of thanksgiving and look at our lives and go, God, oh, my goodness, I don't deserve this, but thank you. God, you, I've got breath in my lungs. Thank you. I'm able to wear some clothes. Thank you. God, I've got food in my plate. Thank you. Just praise God with all that we have. And that will allow us to just grow nearer to him, understand who he is. We're just, just building that relationship with God. Be in that place of complete adoration for who he is. If we truly love and delight in our heavenly father, Pray should be a method to enhance and increase that sentiment. Our dwelling in his presence is not based on our emotions, but on who he is and who we are.
It is based solely on who he is. So as I wrap up, my hope for all of us is that we're able to look at the Psalms and recognize the categories of what they are. But tonight my prayer for you is actually just maybe we start to develop a place of, of praising God a bit more, of giving thanks a bit more, of meditating on who he is, allowing the scriptures to speak to us and compel us to praise and enjoy God a bit more. And so I'm going to invite the band up and I'm going to pray now. And as I pray, you can close your eyes if you want. I'm going to read a few passages of scripture for us. Um, Hopefully you can take it home with you if you want. And maybe something will really speak to you about meditating on that specific word and allowing that to speak to you. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word, that you are indeed worthy of our praise, that you are indeed worthy of all that we are. Lord, we've been singing these songs this evening about giving you praise and glory and honor that us all due to you. And we pray that as we uh, sing some more, that you will be here present with us and that you will allow our hearts to be transfixed and, and look towards you, God, that you are the object of our hearts. You are the one that we desire to see and to love and to praise and to give thanks. So, Father, please be with us this night as we go home. And before we go home, let me just read some words from the Scriptures. Philippians 4 says to rejoice in the Lord always. Psalm 37, to delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 32, to be glad in the Lord. In your presence there is fullness of joy, that the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. And we pray that as we desire to seek you and be with you, let me end on this psalm here. As a day pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for your God. My soul first for God, for the living God. And so, Father, may our hearts and our soul first for you. And in that first, may we praise you and give you all the honor and the duty that belongs to you. And we pray that you would bless this congregation present here, Lord. And as we get home tonight, be with us now and always. Amen.